0: So are you DTF?
1: Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge.
0: Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday if you're joining us live here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening to the show after the fact, good morning, afternoon, and evening and night wherever you are.
1: Yeah, that what's that there, Jake? What's that thing that Jim Carrey says in the Truman Show? You know his. Have it's, you ever seen the Truman it Show? Some,
0: yeah, wasn't something like that.
1: I felt that's like that's really very thought very similar. I thought like you were going down that path. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page, and I think oh, that absolutely. We are. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> then I love yeah. it. I loved every part about that opening, though.
0: Yes. For not speaking for a week, we are still on the same page. Don't
1: worry. (laughs) We've done it. So much time apart. We were talking about our Thanksgiving uh, activities before we hopped on the show. Hope everybody listening out there had an amazing Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. uh, time. I had a long time uh, in Austin, Texas. If anybody's out there from Austin, your city's beautiful. I was a big fan. I'll probably go back at some point. (laughs) But I will say, I I did not watch... uh, a ton of football aside from Thanksgiving day when I did see all three of the games, but Sunday I did, I did miss a little bit, including uh, the majority of the Packers game, which we did not talk about Dustin. I was at a concert for the majority of that thing, got out, went to a bar, caught like the last quarter. This was post Aaron Rodgers injury. Mm -hmm. So I gotta, I gotta know. I feel like we should talk about this a lot more, but what's, what do we think? Is this Jordan love time? Dustin?
0: Well, if you listen to what Aaron Rodgers says, which I, no one should, let's just put that out there, be clear. <laughs> but, you know, as long as they're mathematically in it, you know, he wants to play. But Whose think- math? Is it his math or, like, the
1: consensus math? Like, yeah. is it the math where he's going to do his own research and then determine that he's not actually technically out of the playoffs? Because that could go a whole different way.
0: I don't know, but all I know is I think with the two injuries with this thumb that he's been dealing with all season long here mm-hmm. and now this rib injury it's like just just shut him down just yeah. where we as packer fans are not going to the playoffs and even if we were for some ungodly reason able to sneak in we we wouldn't do anything anyway. It'd be an embarrassment. So I would rather
1: elimination uh,
0: for sure. And it would just worsen our draft pick for next year. Exactly. And I'd rather see what we've gotten Jordan love since we do have to pay him that fifth year option uh, this off season. If we do keep him, you know, so I'd kind of like to know if we're going to pay a quarterback, you know, $20 million, uh, (laughs) if he's going to be at least halfway decent, (laughs)
1: <laughs> as opposed you to, you actually like, want to know what your investment looks
0: like. I know, I know wow. crazy, crazy. Wow. But that's what I want to happen. Do I think that's what's going to happen? No. I think Rogers will continue to play, and we'll just never know. We're going to go into this off season just full of questions, as as usual, and just my heart mind. will be broken. Yes. We're not going to know
1: what to do for the skill position players for fantasy next year. We're not going to know what Jordan Love... Mm-hmm. Although, if that uh, two drives was any indication, Christian Watson's going to be just fine if Jordan right. Love is under center next year. So that's good to know, at least. Yeah, I was uh, surprised
0: then... when I woke up on Tuesday morning because I went to bed at halftime, you know, me getting up early for work yeah, and all. So I, I, miss, I missed all of it. And I was like, what Jordan Love played? Actually, looks like he played well. I was like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I feel vindicated in my wait and see approach with Jordan Love. You know, one game, uh, one regular season game, I should say, doth not Mm -hmm. make a quarterback projection. And so everybody needed to chill a little bit on him. And hopefully this has caused some people to do that.
0: I hope so, too. I hope so, too. But let's move on. Uh, We've got another great episode this evening for everyone. We're talking planning for the fantasy playoffs. They're right around the corner here. What moves should you make or could you be looking at making to help give you that push either into the playoffs, if you're right on the cusp, or to really just push over the edge and give you that ship? Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. But before we get into it, Jake, what are you drinking this evening?
1: I am drinking uh, one of the last of the fridge beers, uh, where I, again, need to restock. But I was gone for a week, so I didn't restock beforehand. But it's a salted caramel porter. It's from Pigeon Hill Brewing, which is in Muskegon, Michigan. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It says, brewed in beautiful Muskegon, Michigan. It's in the fridge still because it's very, very sweet. uh, (laughs) Intensely sweet. And so... You know, it's like a one and done beer for sure, but it's not bad. Nice. What are you drinking?
0: I am drinking, it's called Coconut Hunk Boy. It's a coconut porter from Oliphant Brewing. And um, the the can is terrific. It's got a dog. Coconut, coconut Hunk coconut Boy. On. Uh, yeah. And this wow. is out of Somerset, Wisconsin. It is just a very solid coconut porter. Uh, I, I like it a lot. If I see it at the store again, I will probably buy another four-pack because I did enjoy this one. That wins the name off.
1: Mm-hmm. That that's the, that's the best. Oh, yeah. That's one where you buy it regardless of how good you think it might or might not be just because mm-hmm. of the name. Yeah,
0: so, exactly. Which I did, good and good it job. worked out well. <laughs> yeah,
1: perfect. <laughs> Love when a plane comes in a place like that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had a beer bet last week. Sure did. and. For those of you that, you know, forgot, I know how you'd forget anything we say on the show, but for those of you that forgot, it was the New York Giants backfield, which I took, versus the Dallas Cowboys backfield, which Jake took. And what happened? 24.6 points. For each backfield. What the what hell is going on there? The
1: hell. This has to be, in our history, the first ever official tie for a beer bet. Yes. I feel I like. I think I don't so. recall any other one happening. And the fact that it was an entire backfield, it wasn't one player versus one player, mm-hmm. wasn't just Saquon versus Zeke, it was all of these guys. And just to make sure, I, you know, I wanted my math to be impeccable here as I did the breakdown of this, because essentially there was three Players for the Giants, mm-hmm. with obviously Saquon at the top, and then Gary Brightwell, Matt Burita got involved, and then it was just Zeke and Tony on the other side. But yes, the math holds up; it is Ooh. a clean tie. So I feel like this is a situation, you know, neither of us needs to do a shot, but I feel like we have to at least cheers on this. Oh,
0: thing. I, I'm, I'm going to do a shot.
1: Are you really? I didn't bring up anything for a shot, Dustin. Just because it's a tie. It's,
0: just because it's a tie. I'm like, you know what. What the hell? I'm just going <sighs> to do a shot anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to take uh, some big gulps out
1: of this sweet, sweet son of a bitch then, nice. uh, that's in front of me, and that that will be how
0: we, we match up.
1: All week. right. Well,
0: congratulations on the tie, I guess.
1: Yeah. We are both uh, fantasy football prognosticators. Slash and geniuses. Geniuses and sexy people. Let's do that it right. for the tie. All right. Cheers, man. All
0: right. Cheers.
1: Oh, I wish I'd done a shot. Oh, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Muskegon, you got to temper
0: down the sweetness next time. <laughs> All whoop! right. So, Jake, that just leaves one more thing here to take care of before we get into the main event of the episode here. And it's something we like to call the drunk trade of the week. Drunk, 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 drunk.
1: Hammer drunk, drunk,
0: drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk Trade
1: of the Week. We, of course, have another one coming from Reddit. Thanks, Reddit. Uh, As it's always a bastion of these drunk trades. And this one is from MWM031089 on Reddit.
0: Solid Uh, name.
1: Apologies to all the 30-plus thousand other MWMs that are out there on Reddit. I'm I'm
0: thinking it's a birth date. 03-10-89. 03-10-89. Oh, look at MWM, you. MWM, oh, our initial. I know. You Sherlock Holmesian motherfucker here. Just determining out of the gate. Wow, That's probably going to be the best moment of the show for me, just so we're clear.
1: Clip it. Let's clip it. Let's <laughs> post it uh, so everybody can relish in your smartness going forward. But for right now, we have this drunk trade, and it's an interesting one. So they said, and this was submitted a couple of weeks ago, but even then they said this was a couple of weeks further back that a manager in their league was complaining about having too many Jags, which, Justin, of course, we would never be saying, uh, as we have proclaimed our love for the Jags many times on this. But they had uh, Christian Kirk and James Robinson, who was a Jaguar at the time. This was before getting traded to the Jets. So the offer was this. MWM offered Drake London for Christian Kirk, given that London had put up a nice stat line on the Rams very previously to that. The other person accepted, as there were many bottles of wine deep across the globe in Europe. Now I have me a Kirk, they say. And they should be, Dustin, pretty thrilled that they have a
0: Kirk, uh, Mm -hmm. considering what they gave away. Is that fair to say? I think so. Although it's not, I wouldn't say it's super lopsided. I just, I, I love what Christian Kirk has done this year. I don't know that next year he will be the number one on the team. I have a feeling the Jags could go out and uh, spend some draft capital on a day one receiver to give them that young stud, especially with how deep this class is supposed to be coming out here in 23. And Drake London, he was a high first-round pick this last year for Atlanta, although you have to like what the Jags are doing a little bit more. They're a little bit further along in their rebuild here than – what Atlanta's doing. so, I mean, if Atlanta, if Atlanta gets a better quarterback, I think it'd be OK for Drake London because we have seen him do it in flashes. Uh, but I think just for the production for the rest of this season uh, and even, you know, given the time of this trade, I think, yeah, Kirk was definitely the uh, winning side on this one. But I think long term, it's still too way too early to tell.
1: Yeah, and I'll agree with that. And this is this is on me for not asking clarification from MWM whether this was redraft or dynasty. If this is redraft, I consider Great this move. a slam-junk
0: trade. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually
1: was just curious because given the time frame with that Rams game, I estimate it's about week four-ish that they probably put this trade through. And since then, Christian Kirk averaging 13.3 fantasy points and is the wide receiver 21 overall. Drake London. Not so much. Six and a half fantasy points, not even cracking the top 50 for wide receivers. And I don't see that changing for the rest of this season, as you're Mm -hmm. suggesting. But yeah, going forward, you just hope that either Arthur Smith is ousted uh, or Arthur Smith figures out how to actually utilize this very talented wide receiver in Drake London.
0: I I have a feeling that neither one of those things are going to happen. Really? I I think the Falcons are doing just good enough That I mean, they're in the hunt for the NFC South, I believe Uh it or not. And so I think they're doing just enough, or he's doing just enough with the talent they have on this roster that he's going to be given at least one more year. So, do you think
1: a quarterback change will help Drake London in that case? Because you know, Desmond Ritter is waiting in the wings, Mm -hmm. or do we think that Mariota gets another chance then, too, since they're also doing just enough?
0: He very well could. I think he he could. I mean, a third round pick for a quarterback in the draft, that's not great draft capital. I mean, typically outside the first round and even, you know, the top 10 in the first round aren't very high hits in the NFL. So, yeah, they have Ritter and they spent some draft capital on him. But the fact that with as poorly as I mean, they're what, four and eight now? I believe believe so, but still very much in the hunt in that terrible. I know, I know. But even even given that fact that they're four and eight, that they even haven't given Ritter a sniff of the field yet. Tells me he's probably not quite ready, and I don't know that he ever will be. I mean, I would love to see it. I hope they play him at some point, because I don't think Mariota is the long term answer, but maybe they think something different. I don't know.
1: They could because they seem kind of silly Uh, and they they might, again, rational coaching is not always to be a guarantee, uh, nor is our perspective on the quarterback situations, to be fair. So um, we just like it for fantasy because it's change and change is fun. Mm -hmm. I will. I want to ask this, though, about the trade going beyond the players. I love this part about uh, a. The person on the other side was actually the recipient, was the drunk person clearly here with the wine deep, mm-hmm. but a global trade. I love this. And I wonder if there's something to be gleaned from, you know, obviously know your league mates, number one, uh, mm-hmm. which is important because you have to account for the time differences in these scenarios. And you got to figure out when the other person might be cracking open that bottle oh, This of wine, is Very right? true.
0: Very true.
1: Strategy you don't hear talked about on enough other podcasts. I don't
0: know. But how many of us really are working with uh, league mates on the other side of the globe? I think more than you might think. Okay. I, for one, know
1: that I have two leagues where I have at least one person in each of those leagues. That is now our home league. We know everybody. Clearly, we right. can't use this to take. And away.
0: I know I have one league that See? you know. But but I'm just saying, as like a more casual fantasy football player.
1: I would like to know how many, what percentage of fantasy players reside in the U.S. versus those who reside outside of the U.S. I think that would be a fun poll. We might put that up on our Twitter page. I was going to say we should do that. Let's do that because I'm very curious about that. Genuinely, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm not in any fantasy football league, speaking of the World Cup, uh, because I'm a dumb American. But I wonder how many outside, yeah, of the States do participate. So let's throw that up and we'll talk about it next week.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Jake. Ooh. All right, let's get into it here. Our main event, planning for the fantasy playoffs. So, I guess, Jake, let's start off. I want to ask you, what is just your general strategy this time of year? Say, say you're a borderline, like you're you're hovering in that like six playoff spot. Yeah. Like, generally, what are what are you thinking as far as like? Am i am I really a contender like do I want to make big moves uh i I know a lot of it's league dependent on your rules like if you have a trade deadline if you don't um you know so I get it's not just a clean cut like this is it but just right. as as a general aside like what what are you thinking if you're kind of a borderline team right now?
1: if I'm blind if I'm flirting in that, let's say anywhere between the five to eight ranked range, you know, that sweet, sweet middle. My Mm -hmm. philosophy is the same in both redraft and dynasty at this point in the season. So if you're redraft, obviously you're just trying to make as many moves as possible to ensure that you stay in there. You're probably attacking the waiver wire in a way that is somewhat defensive as well and trying to make sure that those teams that are ranked just around you don't get some of these key players who I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit. You know, so some of your strategy, you might even think that your lineup's all set, but you want to keep that in mind. But from Dynasty perspective as well, if you are anywhere close, I don't care what you think of your team now. We talked about this a handful of episodes ago, really evaluating if you're a contender or a pretender. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. But if you're in that middle range, you're a contender right now, from my perspective. doesn't mean you should be selling uh, the farm to try to get yourself in a position to win it all, necessarily. But you should absolutely be making moves as if you are a contender. So, you know, again, not saying throw out all your first-round picks if your trade, de- trade deadline hasn't passed and try to get these players, but don't don't just fall back. Don't assume anything at this point and go for mm-hmm. that. Is, is there anything that you do differently, I would say, between Redraft and Dynasty at this point based on that?
0: At this point, no. I mean, the only thing with dynasty is I think you get a little bit more flexibility as far as being able to make trades. You know, mm-hmm. you, you most likely you have future draft picks you can you can trade away to try to improve your team or young players if you want like a proven veteran that's doing well. Where in redraft, it's like you have your roster and that's it, and you're a little bit more limited in the moves you can make. Yeah, and also and also with redraft, and and maybe this is just my my colored glasses here just dealing with our home league here Uh um i i I, or i think it it would be especially if you're trying to trade with a team that's not doing well and getting a upgrade in a position i think in home leagues that would be seen as collusion or an unsavory trade because there's Uh really there's no really no reason for a team that's in last place or not going to make the playoffs to trade away their best players to another team to get nothing in return, essentially. So I, I think for redraft, it's a little bit trickier to pull off trades this time of year. I'm not saying it can't get done, but I think it's, you definitely have to be a little bit more creative. Uh, Where in dynasty, I think, I mean, it's easy to pull off trades. I should say easy, but easier to pull off trades at any given moment Uh, Just dealing with different draft picks and roster construction, and if you're in a rebuild or a retool versus going for the championship, you know there's a lot more facets to to go off of there in dynasty.
1: Agreed. And this is also the stage the bottom tier teams might already be pretty picked over. You know those those who are striving for contendership or Mm -hmm. are obviously on that path have probably already picked over those teams to a fair amount. People like to be vultures. They see that, you know, one win team or two win team in that dynasty league. I think the majority of their win now assets might be gone, but it doesn't mean that you can't still use those teams. You can use each other, in fact, to make slight upgrades at this point. I don't think there's probably going to be like a league winner sitting there. Maybe, but uh, you you can still make some gradual moves. And I think that's the difference between dynasty and redraft at this point in the season in general is if it's redraft it's it feels like you can maybe still have a couple of big uppercut punches left in you off of waivers, potentially again, guys mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about or again. Kind of if you're able to trade right now and I don't like maybe that redraft can trade right now, to be honest, but if you can, I think there's still a couple of big swings you can make.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I think there are definitely things he can do. So let's get into it. Who let's. are you targeting off of waivers? This is
1: uh, a surprise name. This is, I didn't know this name before this last week. Had no idea who this person was, that they were on an NFL roster. But the Jets have themselves a nice little spark in the backfield by the name of Zonovan Knight. Uh, Michael Carter sprained his ankle. He left that game. James Robinson, we talked about earlier in the drunk trade, who was traded to the Jets, was a healthy scratch this past week. And that allowed Zonovan Knight to get a plenty of action. And looks like he's kind of maybe the guy right now. So the Jets had come out and basically said, like, what, you know, why did why did he get so much work? And he was getting a fair amount of work even before. Uh, Michael Carter left, you know, why was he activated ahead of James Robinson, who again, you just traded for. And they said, basically, we need a spark to this offense. We need a spark in this backfield. So he comes out, puts up about 70 yards uh, rushing another 34 receiving and looked really solid. So James Robinson, I don't know what happens next week. If Michael Carter remains injured, I'm sure they'll activate James Robinson, but it feels like a hot hand situation, especially for a team like that, who, again, desperately needs something in the running game. So I think Zonovan Knight is a kind of blow the rest of your fab player, Uh, because I think even if Carter and or Robinson are healthy, he's going to have a pretty significant role. And that's tough to find with running backs right now, you know, besides the obvious folks. Uh maybe you can find a Mike Boone or a Latavius Murray that's more to your liking, but Donovan would be more to mine
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I like that so one player I think that could help you and and this is a bit, and I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this player here, Jake, just because of the team situation. So the player I'm looking at is Donovan people's Jones mm-hmm. and I, i'm I'm looking at um. ESPN here, and he's only rostered in 42% of leagues. So chances are he's out there. Um, And he's quietly had a kind of a solid season here as someone that is not like a top-tier wide receiver. Uh, With the exception of this last week against um, Tampa Bay, I mean, he's been putting up at least double-digit points most weeks here for you. Now, I know the the caveat here is that Deshaun Watson is coming back. All this has been happening with Jacoby Brissett. So, Jake, what are your thoughts with Watson coming back? Do you think how do you see this offense changing? And do you still think that would be a good move for someone that isn't really rostered? That maybe with Deshaun Watson gives this offense a bolt, a little bolt of lightning, and it kind of raises all fantasy assets on the team. What do you think? It's tough. It's tough to say for sure,
1: who Deshaun Watson is going to target primarily in this offense. The assumption would still be Amari Cooper, is kind of the main man. It's fine. That makes sense. But there's room in this offense, surprisingly, for two wide receivers. And like you said, DPJ has had, prior to last week's bummer game, he had like five games straight with at least 60 yards. I think at least four or five catches in each of those games as well. I don't see that it could possibly be a downgrade unless the rust has just really caught up. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. be honest, Sean Watson has not played in the NFL for quite some time.
0: Almost two years at this point.
1: I don't know that that's being talked about enough, really. I agree. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe he's been practicing on his own or whatever, but like the logistics of his suspension and him sitting out the year prior made it such that he couldn't practice. He was not practicing with the team. So Mm -hmm. that's weird. Uh, And and so I'm cautious to say that this is going to be like a smash for Donovan Peoples-Jones. But it's also tough to say, you know, Jacoby Brissett, great NFL quarterback, I believe. I think he's a really good, solid player. But for Mm -hmm. fantasy, you would assume still there will be some uptick from Watson taking over. I just caution that it's going to be like this massive crazy awesome escalator to the top for everybody
0: Mm -hmm. no i definitely agree with that i was just more curious to see if you thought that you know would this be even even a incremental upgrade for the offense or you just kind of like yeah he's been sitting for two years i mean his muscles should be all nice and relaxed so you shouldn't have any Uh, any cramping issues there but uh, i couldn't help it. it's a low-hanging fruit uh, the lowest. So yeah, I was reveal. just I was just curious to get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, but to be got? fair,
1: I think even without just real quick, even without an upgrade, Donovan Peoples Jones is still a great pickup. I think it was a great pickup two weeks ago, as much as he is now. So
0: all right, do it. So who do you got next? One
1: interesting name that's out there for wide receivers. Uh, we talked about Christian Kirk earlier, but mm-hmm. Zay Jones is having his own sort of come up. And it's been really impressive to see Zay Jones. I'm just sticking in the Z range, I just realized now. Uh, and Let's see how long I can keep that up for the rest of the show. I'm going to guess not long. Uh, but for right now, at least Zay Jones has been really heavily involved in the Jaguars offense. I would say, you know, it's been hit or miss for most of the season. But the last three or so weeks, he's really started to get some high usage. And unfortunately, that means Marvin Jones has kind of sunk back into the background which it happens, Uh, but against Baltimore, I mean, the dude had 14 targets and 145 yards. It means he's going to be a hot add on waivers. It -hmm. it means that, you know, if you don't have the top priority, you might not be able to get him. But if you're set at running back, which most teams are not, then you have an advantage here of being able to pick him up because I think the Zay Jones, not the Zay Jones, the Zonovan Knights and these other running backs, a couple more we'll talk about later, are probably going to be the bigger priorities. So mm-hmm. if you're set at running back, Zay Jones looks awesome. Uh their strength of schedule is pretty solid for the rest of the season. Uh and I again, I think we just need to take a moment to acknowledge that the Jaguars are back on track. Trevor Lawrence is back on track. So this whole team looks pretty set up for a playoff push. So really any pieces that I can get, I'm going to be trying to do that. Um, and he has just great matchups the rest of the way. So again, all in on Zay Jones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been really been looking good. I'm, I'm happy for the man. Glad that he's kind of having a resurgent here in his career. Uh, Cause I know he was a real hot commodity coming out of the rookie draft. Uh, you know, was that probably four or five years ago at this point? And then had his kind of off field stuff that kind of looked like it was going to derail his career. So, Great to see that he's um, in a good situation and performing well. Always like a good redemption story. Heck yes. Heck yes.
1: Who do you have that's on tap to redeem a fantasy team that might be struggling here?
0: So there's two guys I'm looking at here, and they're right by each other on the list I'm looking at here. Uh, but oh. I think... Do well, I could talk about I, I both of them. Uh, They're both wide receivers. So the first one here is Darius Slayton. Um, He is really the only healthy, viable wide receiver option on that uh, Giants offense right now. And it shows. I mean, he's been been just going off um, against a little bit tougher Dallas defense. Still put up 9.3 points. Uh, Let's be honest, he's probably not going to be your he's going to be a flex play for you every week, uh, Mm -hmm. assuming your roster is set up well and you're, you're making this push for the playoffs. So having him as like a flex play with these uh, remaining bye weeks or someone as a wide receiver three, maybe if you're fighting through some injuries, I mean, he's been putting up, you know, close to 15 points a week, almost every week since he kind of became the focal point of this offense and the giants, why they play Philly twice, which is a bummer. Um, The rest of their schedule doesn't look too bad here down the stretch. So I I think you can, like I said, I think he's going to be a good flex option for you week in and week out. Um, And then the other guy quickly here was um, Traylon Burks. And he's finally back. He's healthy. We've seen the Titans make a concerted effort to get him the ball and make him involved in this offense. Uh, And it's really showing why they drafted him so highly or traded away A.J. Brown who's a stud and and decided to draft a guy that they're saying, oh, yeah, he's basically A.J. Brown. Uh, and, and now, you know, he's coming off two big weeks. I would expect this treatment for him to keep going and keep getting more and more involved in this offense. I love it. I'm going to keep us on the wide receiver track for a little bit then.
1: Since you put us on these rails, I'm going to try not to derail true, us true. in talking about <gasps> Elijah Moore. A name that I thought would only have a negative connotation uh, after about week four on. Elijah Moore turns out, along with the rest of the team, just needed a change of quarterback. (laughs) Which I think a lot of us were hoping would happen. Uh, I I wanted to believe in Zach Wilson. And I wanted to believe that last season's ending was going Mm -hmm. to carry over to this season. Because he looked better to end last year. And it just didn't happen. Uh, And he's kind of a, a dick. Uh, he won't take accountability for his bad play. And that made me very happy to see the one and only Mike White show up last week. Ball the hell out. Mm-hmm. And just as importantly, get both Garrett Wilson, who is almost assuredly not on waivers, and Elijah Moore, who very much probably is heavily involved, heavily fantasy relevant. Elijah Moore becomes the second uh Dustin, I would say waiver Wire ad for me um, in wide receiving camp uh, behind Traylon Burks. So it's Traylon Burks, then Elijah Moore, then Zay Jones in the order of, of appearance uh, on that list. But, you know, he he didn't get a ton of targets. And that's the thing that still concerns you, obviously. But like his mentality after the game was so different. And the interviews, if you saw with Elijah Moore, he was all fired up, jacked. Mm-hmm. Just ready to be involved. And so I think his usage does go up even more uh, it sucks. You don't have to rely on a touchdown every week. And that's obviously what did most of the damage this past week. But as long as Mike White is in there, uh, then I'm good with it. But mm-hmm. I caution if there's any inkling that they release and they start to waver and go, maybe Zach Wilson will be back in next week. Then I pump the brakes on this. But I'm moving full steam ahead. If Mike White is the guy.
0: hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, Do you have any concerns that he only saw two targets this week, or do you think that was a function of the game plan or just new quarterback coming in?
1: I think it was I think it was just an issue of Garrett Wilson being really, really good in that particular game and Zonovan Knight being really, really good in that particular game. And I think as both of those start to see a little bit of a natural regression, then I think it's going to open up still more for Elijah. Uh, more, huh. I hate the <laughs> any name more puns, and that they're almost impossible to avoid. I didn't even want to say that one, uh, but I do think, like, I would rather take Elijah Moore with, let's say, an average of three targets per game with Mike White than I would an average of eight targets a game with Zach Wilson. That is how strongly sure. I am on board with that kind of changeover.
0: No, I, I I don't disagree with you there. I was just curious to know if that maybe change your thoughts a little bit on him or not. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: And you know what? As I say, I still I think I want Zay say Jones above him now that I say it because there's still the, the the albatross of what if what if Mike White doesn't get another chance? What if Zach Wilson does come back in? And so
0: or what know, if I it's Joe hate, Flacco?
1: Hey, if it's Joe Flacco, I'm good. I'm I good know. with Joe or with Mike. And then I'm even better with Elijah Moore if Joe Flacco comes in. But there is a little bit of, uh, I suppose, the possibility that Zach Wilson ruins this
0: for us. Mm hmm. I, I agree. I think there is, you know, he might sit out a couple weeks here, you know, last week, maybe this week, just to let him, you know, get his head on straight, get his head away from all the, um, his friend's mothers, I guess, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's
1: just going to have more time to text them from the sidelines. That's the problem.
0: Oh, well, this is true. That's a true story. Um, uh, all right, let's move on here, Jake. Um let's do it. So let's talk trades. And I know you said this in the outset here, the beginning, that you don't think that there should be trades at this point for redraft leagues. For a redraft, correct. Okay. It's just 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 too much opportunity for bad trades to get made. This is, is, is where is that collusion drives.
1: This is the point where collusion thrives. And I think most redraft leagues shut it down, at least during the playoffs, which is great. And that's mm-hmm. wonderful. But I would say at this point in the season, when things have pretty much been set, you gotta there's so Lock much opportunity. Down. When when teams can really start being mathematically eliminated legitimately at this point going into week 13, that pretty much mm-hmm. is we got two weeks left before the playoffs. There's there's a lot of hinkiness. If, and, and you know my stance on vetoes. I hate vetoing, so I don't right. want to have to use that. Like I just want the everybody be cool model, which I think is involving shutting right. down. Right,
0: right. But you are pro no trade deadline for dynasty.
1: Correct that yeah. you trade as
0: long as you want,
1: uh, as much as you want, because those teams that are out of it and eliminated, fine. Let them get the better draft pick. I don't care about that as long as they're starting their you know best players, good lineup, etc. Mm-hmm. Make the trades, make as many trades as you want.
0: Yep. And for all the people out there that are saying, well, it, it causes unbalance in the league. It does not. It, it doesn't. I mean, we were uh, in, in one of my leagues last year, uh, right before the finals of the playoffs it was right over Christmas. Uh, there was just a flurry of trades and I was involved in a big boy one. I mean, just a flurry of trades. And it was, and here we are. I didn't, it's not like there's one super dominant team in our league because they made good trades and the other, you know, hosed over the other teams. No, that's just not how it works.
1: And in dynasty, there's no incentive to make a bad trade in redraft. Mm -hmm. Again, that's where collusion comes in. And I understand that in dynasty. There's no, there's no reason for that. You're still Mm -hmm. trying to better your team for next year. If you're out of the playoffs this year, so that's, that's some boo hockey, I will say. I don't believe in that. But uh, I, I made, in fact, Dustin, I made a trade very recently. Uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I traded for Josh Jacobs. I just want to give myself a little tiny pat uh, on the back there. <laughs> if I can, traded away Michael Carter. And uh, I believe it was a first-round pick to make that happen. And then nice. I got back Adam Thielen and Josh Jacobs. And I only oh, say nice. this. As as a way to, of course, make myself sound so smart, but really, I want to talk about Adam Thielen, who is a part of this trade. Because if we're talking about trade targets in your league, Adam Thielen, I still don't think is a sexy
0: name. No, would you agree with that? I would concur a hundred percent. And
1: this is somebody that, if he hasn't been picked over by the vultures on your dynasty leagues for that, you know, middling bottom team that doesn't believe they're in the playoffs or is eliminated. Thielen's kind of a great target because his uh, cost cannot be that high. Mm -hmm. If you had to give up a second round pick for him, I would actually be shocked. I don't think that you have to do that. I think that you can do even a lower pick with some sort of upside youth player thrown in. Whatever the youth of the moment is, because people don't even care. They're just like, well, he's not going to help me this year. He's not going to help me next year, probably. So get him the hell off. And sending, again, a couple of third-round picks. Maybe you have one of these uh, younger tight ends that people are interested in. Um, who's the—I'm uh, blanking on his name—the Cardinals? A tight end behind Zach Oh, Frye. Uh, like thank you, thank you. Somebody like that easily, easily gets this thing done. and uh, I- I'm fully with that because we've seen Adam Thielen even when TJ Hawkinson got traded there. And people thought that it was the death nail for any sort of value. All he does is continue to get targeted. And yeah, he's going to have a couple of downer games. I understand that. But wide receiver is also kind of tough right now. I mean, the Cooper Cups of the world are gone. There's some high value guys that are gone. And he presents an immediate upgrade and touchdown kind of juju for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty into him. Would you trade for him in, in dynasty at this point, if you were a contender, is there a limit to what you'd give?
0: Uh, if I was a contender, absolutely. I would trade for him. Cause you know, he's, I mean, this offense most weeks looks really good. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even with the addition of TJ Hawkinson, like their offense is even better. I, I mean, like, like he was a piece that they needed uh, to make that offense go Um, So, yeah, I think Thielen is a great choice. He's a hog around the end zone. Um, So, yeah, if you're if you're a competing team, I like that move to go after uh, Thielen Because I think, yeah, he is not a guy. He's not a sexy name guy. He's an old wide receiver, uh, Uh but still scoring points. So I, I like that a lot. And
1: just a little sprinkle of fairy dust to transition this one out. He gets Green Bay in Week 17, which is your fantasy football championships. That's a matchup that I'm very okay with, considering how that defense looks right now. Oof, oof. Just saying, just saying. Uh, who's who's one of your trade targets for this
0: time? If you're a contender, um, I I don't know that I have anyone specific in mind. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, with just how volatile the running back situation is, if you could pick up a guy like a Jeff Wilson or uh, someone that that kind of, you know, RB2, RB3 with some upside, I think that's that's a move to make just to shore up your running back room because you never know what can happen, uh, especially with the running backs because it drops off so goddamn fast. So getting a guy that can have the boom weeks like Jeff Wilson, you know, we've seen. I, I think that is a savvy move you can make.
1: Yeah, I th- I think if you can't pick up one of these free agent waiver wire guys, uh, again, down at the night, Knight, uh, Jalen Warren. If uh, it turns out that Najee Harris is out for an extended amount of time, which it sounds like he will be, uh, if Jalen Warren is healthy, then he's another guy you could pick up off of waivers. But barring that, I wholeheartedly agree with this concept of targeting that running back. That is not so uh, such a superstar, you know, that I don't want to at this point in time trade for a Nick Chubb. I don't want to trade for an Austin Eckler uh, to try to solidify that. I just feel like it's giving away too much at a position where you're not guaranteed to get that benefit next year. But Mm -hmm. like you said, there is these mid tier guys, a James Conner, I think is a good name to throw in there as well. Somebody who, You know, I don't think anybody's wanting to really hang on to James Conner for next year. He's just he's that he's too volatile. Mm -hmm. And so those types of guys, you're not going to have to break the bank for like. But if you want to trade for Isaiah Pacheco right now, you're probably going to have to give up just as much or more to get him. And he's less proven. And I don't think as much necessarily upside. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, A good name, by the way that fits into that category for me is also David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is still just the middling. Nobody knows what the hell to do with him, Mm -hmm. but he's set up for amazing fantasy success the rest of this year. His matchups are fantastic. And we've seen him do this now. It would be the third year in a row if it happens. We're like after week eight or nine, he just pushes every middling fantasy team to the playoffs and sometimes the championships because He just blows the hell up in the back half of the year. And again, he's literally set up for that exact type of thing right now. The Bears have an amazing strength of schedule for the rest of the way out for the running backs. And again, I don't think you're going to have to give up too much for him. I think a second round pick would probably get that done or close to it. You might have to add a little sweetener into it, but I think that could make it make it a success, a smashing success for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake. Do you have any other advice for our whether you're going for the ship or try, trying to make the playoffs? Because I'll be honest, I, I mean, if you're close to making the playoffs, make the push because anything can happen. You're, I mean, the number one, number one seed could shit the bed, and your team can go off. Like anything can happen here. So uh, just making the playoffs. While well, I know some people are like. Ugh, I don't want to just make the playoffs and be kind of a middling fantasy team. Uh-huh. But but seriously, though, anything can happen when you get in there. I, I mean, you see it every every year on Twitter. My team barely scraped in and ended up winning the championship because, hey, it happens more than you think. So definitely if you think you are just going up against some bad beats right now, teams that are worse than you are having, you know, huge bumper weeks and just, you know, Nothing you can do about that. Make that push. Be honest about it. You know, when we talked about it uh, with our contender pretender episode, you know, be honest about your team. And it's like, if you've just had some bad beats, go for, just go for it and just hope for the best come playoff time.
1: I fully agree. The time to make those decisions when you're wavering back and forth, uh, am I in, am I out is past. That's already past. Mm -hmm. if you're mathematically there, make the push. What you benefit from maybe going in and losing, maybe you'll fall back a couple of draft spots for next year's rookie draft. So be it at this point. I at this point, I am not trying to be, oh, I really want the 104 instead of maybe I'm the 107. Right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to, like you said, just try and get in, cause as much havoc and chaos as possible and maybe win that damn championship.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: in that vein, again, still be persistent with trades if your league allows you to do that at the moment. Do not give up on waivers. And again, scope out the other teams. That's my biggest just general takeaway. Scope out the other teams to see what their needs are, and don't be afraid to play defensively on the waivers. Do that, especially if you're going up against these teams in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. That's savvy. I know some people might call it dirty ball. I don't No, I, I would say that's just being savvy and uh, really. It's having part a, of
0: the gamesmanship.
1: Yes. Gamesmanship. It's just being aware of your league and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing.
0: That's right. That's right. All right. Let's move on from this here and um, finish off how we've been finishing up every episode here in season. Um, going up with some starts of the week. So last week. Jake, you had Gerald Everett going up against Arizona in a very juicy matchup. Not so juicy. End of the day. Um, had, had backup quarterback playing, which was unfortunate. Um, ended with 7.8 points and tight end 15. I really thought that was a good call for you. Um, disappointed. I've been a big Gerald Everett fan this season. Um, so yeah, I'm disappointed with that. Um, I had Ramondre Stevenson against Minnesota, uh, I will take this as a victory. Ended up as RB7 with 20.2 points. So, Heck yes. um, good job to me. Uh, that... so... <laughs> my so, goodness. Did, yes. Who do you have this week?
1: I have somebody that hopefully will allow me to say, good job to me next week when we revisit <laughs> this. I have, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I talked about this guy as a waiver ad. I'm making him my start of the week. It's Zay Jones. Who gets to play against the Detroit Lions again? I talked about last week's production. I think that is uh, not the the obviously you know eleven catches for 145 yards. That's going to be tough to to beat uh, or even match. But I do feel like a hundred yard game is again well within his wheelhouse with how that team's been performing. The Lions have been bad, bad, bad in coverage too, and this really lines up as a juicy matchup for him. So. Hoping for a uh, top 10 week here, which I think he can get.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got for this week, same game, ironically, um, <sighs> other side of the field. Uh, I've got DeAndre Swift uh, going against Jacksonville here. I know his usage um, has been pretty limited. I know he's been a little dinged up, though. Uh, I do like this matchup going against the Jags defense. And I think he's due for some positive regression this week, whether um, and I think he's just going to be much more involved. I think coming off of the short week last week, um, like I said, still kind of recovering from his injury, that it was easier for them just to let Jamal basically be the the bell cow for that game. And I think it's going to get back to a little bit more than to what we've seen this season where. You know, DeAndre Swift will carry most of the work, and then Jamal Williams will come in at the goal line and vulture all the touchdowns.
1: As he does. That's his favorite thing to do. And it's my favorite thing to watch. As a viewer, that's <laughs> what I'd love to see.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but I, I do think things get back to a little bit more normal, uh, more normal usage for him this week.
1: Hey, eight targets last week. That is a fantastic number for a running back. So. I hope you're. I hope you're right. But also, I hope that Jamal Williams still scores like three touchdowns. Well, obviously, obviously, who doesn't like that mermaid? You know, this is an interesting. It, this is maybe one of the first times we've ever done the same game as our starts of the week. Now it's mm-hmm. your turn to make our our bet, our beer bet.
0: Oh, and our is?
1: process is to do you know within the same game. Now it's up. To, typically, we do positionally, and we do the same position. This is an interesting opportunity if you wanted to go that way for the, the
0: Starts of the Week bet. Or you could branch us out into something completely different. Yeah, let me look at here the the slate of games real quick-like, see if there's anything that jumps out. Quick um, like a hawk. I know. Both daily and nightly.
1: Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll blow to the extreme. I recommend vanilla don't come for us uh, that was with under 10 seconds uh there are to while you're considering by the way there are some pretty great matchups that I'm excited mm-hmm. for I will be attending by the way the Packers versus Bears game that's not one that I'm
0: excited for yeah uh, uh, I'm going to Chicago fun. for that still fun to go to that though
1: it'll be fun but you know I'm not I'm not I'm not as thrilled as I once would have been when that was on the docket for this week but should be good nonetheless and I am very interested I'll hear what you you have to say first, because there's one that sticks out to me as like. All right, um, I think gosh, I
0: got but, one. Okay, we're Here's gonna go with the. I was thinking of. We're going with the Chargers and the Raiders. Not what I was thinking of. Okay, we're gonna go Austin Eckler v. Josh Jacobs.
1: Josh Jacobs, who just was, I think, uh, the highest performer of yes. any position this week. If I'm not yes. I'm mistaken. Uh wow, Eckler though too. Those are. That's tough. That's a good one. Hey, I'm proud of you for not doing a fucking shit show of a... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's do the backup wide, re- three, wide receiver three versus the wide receiver four. None of that shit. Let me take a quick peek. I feel like I probably have to do my guy justice. I just talked about trading for him in that dynasty league. I think matchup be damned. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs.
0: Jacob takes Jacobs.
1: Yeah, that's fun. It's
0: fun. We're, we're gonna get a root P-
1: for him in my dynasty.
0: We're just gonna say PPR points. Yeah, of course. Uh of course. Clubs, just just making sure we're clear. That's all. You betcha. You betcha. That's
1: a good one. I'm excited for that one. I think that matchup will be very fun. I was actually looking at another running back matchup, curious if you would lean this way, because the Browns and the Texans are playing against each other. Of course, because Deshaun Watson's return game has to be this dumb fucking revenge narrative thing. But the backfield, Nick Chubb versus Damian Pierce, I thought would be interesting, too. But uh, I like this one. I think this one will be more exciting.
0: Good. I'm glad you approve, Jake, because that's all I ever want is your approval. (laughs) I fucking knew it. (laughs) Fucking knew it. It's nice to hear you say it. (laughs) All right. Any last words here, Jake, before we sign off for the week? Godspeed to everybody.
1: I hope that your week 13 goes thrillingly. Uh, If it doesn't, just tweet at us and let us know your pain, and we'll try to console you in whatever way that we can,
0: maybe with a a limerick or something fun to keep your spirits high. There you go. Uh, We do have two teams on bye this week after the no-bye week last week. So we've got Arizona and Carolina on bye. Good luck. I just want to say good luck to all the SFB teams still in the playoffs uh, because playoffs did start this last week. Uh, I know there's a lot of a uh, number of my 11 slot drafters still in the playoffs. So good luck to them. Good luck to everyone out there. Uh, may your fantasy teams be a boon for you this le- this week. Um, I don't know. I got lost what I was saying there. If you couldn't tell.
1: No, I but, like it. Let it let it be a boon. Let it be a Mike boon for you this week.
0: There you go. Uh, as always. Go out, give us a rate and review wherever you're able to on your podcast uh, app. Helps everyone find us more. In fact, better yet, instead of just giving us a rate and review, share it with the world. Tell everyone, hey, go check out Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. They're terrific. Go find us on our YouTube page. We go stream live here every single Tuesday, 630 Central Time. You can't miss us. You see our beautiful faces that were made for TV and it's a lot Radio. of fun. You come into the chat. We will uh answer all your questions live on the stream if you join us live. So uh please do that. I think that's all I've kind of babbled on here enough. And until next week, folks, peace, love, and humpiness forever. <laughs> Cheers, F peppers.